Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello again, welcome to this week's Man of the Post Extra Time. I'm your host, Chris. Uh, with me this week, I've got uh, Adam, who hopefully won't be distracted from Cupid duties this week. Hello. How are you doing? Yeah, good. I've worn a nice, respectable shirt for you after my satirical choices in fashion were being questioned last week. Actually, you do look very smart. I know. Are you off out after this? Or? No, no, no. I'm just, well, and also, I think there's something that needs to be addressed. I think we're... Uh, Luckily, she's not here, but who was aware that Jessie was taking photos? Oh, she is here, aren't you, Jessie? <laughs> this, this is where you do your Jewish New York female accent. But you've practised it. I can't do it. <laughs> Hello there. How you doing? <laughs> yes, I, I, I wasn't aware that that was happening. Yeah, that's... No. Um, the omerta's been broken. It has, yeah. She's like Christophe Basson. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's a lucky boy, isn't he, Mr Lance Armstrong today? What's happened today? What have I missed? Well, we he could have been disconnected from the news today. Oh, have you? Well, his hundred million pound lawsuit that was brought against him uh, by Floyd Landis and the government has been uh, decided, and of that hundred million pounds, Lance Armstrong has to pay five. <laughs> He's done well there. He has, hasn't he? Yeah, I think he'll take. Who <laughs> said crime doesn't pay? Uh, well, that was Jesse. You heard we got Ryan. <laughs> I can't do Ryan either. Oh, I'm yeah. not a man for voices. <laughs> Hiya, how are you doing? <laughs> uh, and I can't even begin to attempt Justin, so we won't. Right, okay, so we are recording this on Friday night. We have beaten the um, the uh, Football Weekly Extra and the Totally Football Show. We had to record a, an extra show because we are recording the, the evening of uh, Arsene Wenger's um, resignation or announcing he's leaving at the end of the season. The King is dead, long live the King. Uh, Adam, you are a resident of Islington, aren't you? I am, yeah. There, How... there, there's a lot of black armbands around here at the moment. Is there? And and street parties. It's a mix of both. Well, I was going to say, I before I came on here, I've had a little watch of Arsenal fan TV. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist it. So, um, Ty was very sad because he was quite pro-Venger. Yeah. I do wonder about Ty. Has he got seven pairs of Arsenal headphones and hats and cardigans? Which well, one's Ty? He's the one that... Why he's the, the the short black guy that wears the, the cap. The, okay, the fam guy. Yeah. Right, with you. Yeah. Um, I just wondered if you had seven pairs of those all hanging up in a wardrobe. But yeah, he was quite sad. Claude, the grumpy old man, he was happy and unrepentantly happy. This is like the best day of his life he was. Um, the presenter asked if he was sad and Claude said, no, I just passed a homeless man on the street. That's sad. Uh, and... Yeah. And DT... 
Yeah. Uh, he's He was broadcasting from his hospital bed. He's been in hospital. He was happy, but wants to give Arstavenger a happy send-off. Right. I live in rural West Cornwall, so I need you with your urban Islington to um, translate for me the words fam and blood. They both mean the same thing. Right. Friend. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did you ever watch The Wire? Um, it's on my list of things to watch. I've not finished watching it now. No, I let. I have you started then? Have you? A little bit, very little. Okay, very well, little. I lent a friend of not even finished the first series. Oh right, okay. Well, I, I lent a friend of mine uh, at work uh, the DVDs, and he had to watch them with the translate or the subtitles on because he couldn't understand the street language that was being said from everyone. So fantastic. I felt a little bit like that. So yeah, there's sort of a mixture of things coming across from Arsenal fans. Um, the most bonkers comment I've heard all week was actually from a United fan talking about Mourinho on Sunday, saying he wanted Mourinho to leave and Steve Bruce to be the next Manchester United manager. But... Well, the, the most bonkers <laughs> thing I've heard was when Mourinho in his press conference today come out and say, when I called, when I called <laughs> Wenger a voyeur and a specialist in failure, what I meant was I really respect the man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like it, doesn't it? What was his job title in uh, Barcelona again? The, the translator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't have been very good at that. Uh, okay, so how do you feel about it all then? I mean, back in 1996, when he took over and you were still 28, he um, <laughs> <laughs> he sort of, he came in and there was a clip of, Austin Eng- of, of uh, Alex Ferguson saying he knows nothing about football. He knows nothing about playing three or four games in a week and all that sort of thing. So, I mean, do you remember when he came in? And I don't. I only remember Arsenal post. Not post Wenger, but post great. I only ask. I only remember Arsenal with Arsene Wenger. Right, you don't remember Bruce Rioch or George Graham. No, I don't remember. I don't. I remember George Graham from when he was Spurs manager, but not from his Arsenal days. No. All right. So I remember one 0 to the Arsenal and eight central defenders and all that sort of thing, and they were absolutely abysmal to watch. You know, they won things, but they were completely abysmal to watch. So. You had that, you had the Tuesday Club, you know, Ray Parler going out and Tony Adams driving his car and getting leathered and going to prison and all that sort of thing. And he came in and within a year or two uh, of him coming in, they've won the double. He's completely revolutionised the way that Arsenal play. He's changed their scouting system. He's got these unknown French players. He's done a lot for African football with people like Torre brought in and um, Lauren and people like that. He made a huge impact in English football at the time, didn't he? Yeah, and now uh, that now is when I would say <sighs> he he changed English football completely. You're right, absolutely changed it. Sorry, we need to. Uh, there's someone. I need to go let someone in at the door. Oh, come on then. Someone's phoning me. <laughs> right, listeners. Listeners, Adam is going off to um, uh, let somebody in his door, so I can have a little look around his front room or his bedroom, but I won't do that. But uh, yeah, basically, listeners. Um, my point is that. When he first came in, he revolutionised the way that football has as we know it. So we had dinosaurs this week, like Brian Robson criticising Paul Pogba because of his hair and not concentrating on football. Well, Brian Robson was not short of going out for a pint or two. So, um, And the way that football has changed in that time, the culture of uh, players looking after themselves more, conditioning themselves more, um, knowing what to eat, when to eat, the right time and all that sort of thing. That's really what I'm saying Arsene Wenger has brought. So, 
Oh, he's back. I've been filling, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I was just saying that, you know, he, he, he changed the way that football was at the time. So, you, you, you know, you had your Brian Robsons and your Tony Adams with the Tuesday clubs and things like that, didn't you? And he sort of put an end to that. He was saying that when they were going on away trips, Tony Adams at the back of the bus was singing, we want our Mars bars and he wouldn't give it to them. <laughs> so that all well, went, didn't it? Yeah, and there was, there was an article um, I read earlier this month by... Um, Rory K. Smith of the New York Times is actually talking about Guardiola. But in it, he talks about how different managers have come to English football and changed it. He talked about how uh, Mourinho and Benitez came and sort of gave us this uh, idea of using a holding midfield player and things like that. Um, with Wenger, he said he basically invented the idea of pasta. <laughs> Which is kind and of true in a way. It's kind it? of true. Like, he, ch- he revolutionised the English game. Um, did he do anything that was massively groundbreaking or revolutionary though? He did sensible stuff, didn't he? It was groundbreaking yeah. at the time, but it was just logical, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. exactly. Steak and chips as your pre-match meal before playing Premier League football probably wasn't a great idea. So, you know, that sort of yeah. thing makes sense. Um, uh, I, I find it difficult. I, I, I'm someone who... Uh, has two um, two best friends who both support Arsenal, and has spent the best part of ten years thinking that Arsene Wenger shouldn't be Arsene, Arsenal manager anymore. They have, or you? Have. I have. Okay. I have. Yep. So it's a bit of a difficult day to sit here and talk and try and <laughs> praise someone who you thought shouldn't be in a job for ten years. <laughs> well, okay. So, I mean, when does when when do your friends say the decline started? Was it the fact that they had to pay off the stadium? Was it Mourinho arriving and and bringing in sort of four three three in the way he plays, or was it the rise of Chelsea and the oligarchs, or did he get left behind? What do your What do your friends say, or what do you say? Um, they they very much. A lot of my friends have been loyal to Finger for a long time. I, I remember even there was that period uh, just after the just after the, all those stadium deals were done, and just after they signed the Puma contract, and there was supposed to be all this talk that they were free to negotiate these new deals they were gonna break free from the the uh, constraints they had of the sort of the long-term deals they took to secure the funding for the emirates and there was all these uh, the the saying that would go around was we don't need a change of manager we need the manager to change he was six in his 60s it wasn't going to happen um I, I think the case against Wenger from me is that he turned up in england in a league that at the time was still reluctant to the foreign player, perhaps we we had some, we didn't have the very best. We certainly were taking sort of the, the, uh, the faded star at that time, weren't we? If you, and sort of almost like a situation where like a marquee MLS player, every club sort of had one. You had your, you had your Ravinelli, you had your Viali and your Viali. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I think that he, uh, was a a world leader in having knowledge in the French market, which was about to about to produce these bunch of players who were going to go on and win a back to back World Cup and European Championships, and at the time was under probably undervalued, so he could buy these players from the French league at a snipper for the price, and they turned out to be world stars, and he never managed to he never did that again he. I think that he's a manager who held on, but he's and his 
the length of his service is, is um, Ferguson-esque, but I don't ever think he rebuilt a team like Ferguson did, really. No, I, I it, sort of making some notes tonight, I did write down, did he ever replace that sort of Seaman, Dixon, Bold, Adams, Winterburn defence? And I don't think he ever has replaced them adequately. And you can kind of put little sort of, there's tiny little things that point to decline. I mean, when Ashley Cole, the best left back that could come out and play, you know, he replaced Silvino, didn't he? Ashley Cole. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what did he do as soon as he gets the chance, he goes and joins Chelsea. So there's a power shift in London there. And what was that, 2006? When they were in uh, the Champions yeah. League final? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think that uh, you, you can't take away the... Uh, the I'm not going to be churlish and take away their unbeaten season because that is a huge achievement, something that's never been been done since, and uh, uh, especially in the in the Premier League era. That's the only bit I can remember. Just things to um, sit on here a few times. Don't worry. Um, there was a lot of draws in it. That's what he but, says. <laughs> um, and towards the end of that season, they were playing for some of those draws. Is probably what he also says. Yeah, <laughs> but I think that. Yeah, an unbeaten season's great, but if you want to look at great putting together great teams, like Ferguson put together teams, like I said to you when we were talking about great captains, Ferguson put together teams that won back-to-back titles. Wenger was never able to do that. No. No, I mean, he he can argue he's not really placed Patrick Vieira either, is he, as yet? No. No, never placed, never placed, replaced Vieira or Petit. Or Fabregas or... Yeah. <laughs> Well, he's kind of up there, wasn't it? I mean, he, he, he's had a good career as he says. I, I didn't mean that flippantly. He had, he was very good for them, but again, they've not really. He just wasn't the player that Vieira was for them, was he? No, no, he wasn't the player Vieira was. No, but he still sort of left a, a hole when he left, which he tried filling with Özil and Corzola and people like that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're right. He's he's struggled to sort of replace the best players, and then you sort of decline bit by bit when you can't replace good players you replace them with people who aren't quite as good all of a sudden you're left with a team that's struggling to finish in sixth above Burnley aren't you exactly and I think it's very sad that he has missed I think he missed so many opportunities to bow out gracefully he still might get that uh, Europe, like if he can if the, this announcement is timed with a sort of a rallying call for their performance against Atleti in the in the semi-finals of the Europa League then maybe it's an act of genius and he can still have that moment but I think that if even if Burnley don't catch them you're going to be looking at a man who took over Arsenal in sixth place in the Premier League and he's going to leave them (laughs) in sixth place in the Premier League yeah uh, so he's got seven FA Cups three Premier League wins Um, what would you give him out of ten his time I mean you can split it into two ways can't you You can sort of give him 10 up to about 2005 can't you and after that I mean it's again I wouldn't give him 10 okay again the the back-to-back titles yeah for me is a huge thing all right nine that's why I wouldn't that's why I wouldn't rate any of the any of the the Manchester City managers either no but I suppose then you're looking at you're looking at a range of people who've done that being Mourinho and Ferguson and that's it um, yeah, it is hard, isn't it? Because it's so long ago. I mean, my it's so long ago his last title win. And okay, he's had his FA Cups and stuff. But if you look, think about the last ten years. You know, it's losing eight two to Manchester United. It's Ronaldo scoring that forty yard free kick against them in the Champions League, and 
it's just sort of steadily worse and worse and you kind of feel sorry for him. It's like a sick puppy that's getting, a sick dog that's getting older and older and eventually has to sort of get put well, you down. Have, you have to think sort of like how many in the in the last 10 years, how many good memories have, have Arsenal fans had and what are they? Yeah. They're probably um, those comebacks that weren't quite successful against Bayern Munich and AC Milan, so failed comebacks. Yeah, I mean, they had the 5-1 against Inter Milan, didn't they, at the San Siro? That was... Yeah, there's, there's winning, the FA, winning those FA Cups, but one of them they have to remember that they went 3-0 down in. The, the, the whole game where they went 2-0 yeah. down, yeah. And they had a shot cleared down, off yeah. the land, didn't they? That was right, yeah. 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 So even 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 parts of their ha- their happy days are tinged with. <laughs> you can't quite be one hundred percent happy, can you? Um, yeah. As as a quote that I thought about today, it was David Cameron uh, to Tony Blair once in Prime Minister's Question Times, and David Cameron said, "Does he know the future? It, he was the future once, and it's kind of that, isn't he? He's kind of been overtaken a little bit. When he, I had a vision of him today, sort of sitting down on a big red sofa, sort of swirling a brandy and." sitting by a fire and sort of looking back and you think I wonder what he thinks about when he it looks back over his career he must have a he'd have a, quite a few regrets I suppose or do you think he, or do you think he just still look thinks about football from what I understand he's a man who has very little else in his life yeah I've read a quote from him once that said if you could drop him off in Leicester Square and he wouldn't know where he was he just sort of knows his house to Colney and his house to the Emirates and that's it yeah, and probably has some sort of like Bielsa-esque video library of matches that you <laughs> yeah. can watch on VHS. Well, yeah, I mean, people talk about what next. And, you know, there's two things there. What next for Arsenal? And, of course, you know, who do they appoint? And who, what next for Arsenal Wenger? Well, that's, which, one do, which one do you want to do first? Let's do Wenger. Go on. I think this is a shrewd move to be, because um, if he was to see out his contract and go into the next year and... With a World Cup going on, I think there's every chance that he could be France manager in six months' time, mm-hmm. and that wouldn't be the case if he saw out his, if he saw out his final year at Arsenal and just saw out his contract, he might never get that opportunity. The timing just might never be right for him. So, if you took him away from sort of day to day management of transfers and bits and bobs, and you just gave him a purely coaching role with the national team, you reckon he'd be perhaps pretty good? He, at that? Perhaps, yeah, perhaps he could do that. Perhaps he's still. Perhaps it isn't the technical side of football that's left him behind mm. okay and then um what next for arsenal do they get some young book full of spunk like thomas tucker or do they go for someone like ancelotti learning from the Moyes example at manchester united go straight for the steady hand for a couple of years um sort of try and sort out the, this the deadwood in this team and then leave it in a better state for someone younger with fresher ideas in a couple of years time or do you sell someone down the river <laughs> and because it's like, it's like, I suppose the, the the good thing about being Arsenal man about replacing Arsenal is when you are replacing Ferguson, they just won the league title, mm. and you don't want to be the person who replaces the guy. You want to be the guy who replaces the guy who replaced him. Well, apart from his name's Ven- Louis Van Gaal, <laughs> is Wenger even the guy anymore? Probably not. Yeah. So you're already on to, like you said, I think a lot of Arsenal fans from your Arsenal fan TV experience my friends a lot of them are sad because it's like for if you're my age or younger you've never known anything but and he's definitely he's defined a very long era in your club but I think that if you're also an Arsenal fan you can be 
have a slight happiness that you're finally going to get to experience the future because it feels that for two or three years they've just been painfully stuck in the present. Yeah, yeah, you can finally move on. So, what do you reckon then? Would you, if you were, what's his name, Stan Kroenke? If you're Stan Kroenke, what would you do? You go for someone young and full of ideas now, or would you get someone like I say, like sort of Ancelotti or someone like that with a bit more experience to pull you up that league table? But I suppose your first question is, what do you think that squad needs? Do you think it, it? What do you think? Does it need a lot of work? Does it need a bit of work? Um, I don't really know. I mean, is it a physical thing in positions, or is it a mental thing? I mean, that's the. Th- they've got some good players. They've got uh, Bellerin's okay. I quite like El Nenny. Um, they've got a couple of good centre half supposedly, haven't they? Koscielny and um, Mustafi. There's the makings of a good team. Urzel now is staying there. I reckon yeah. they probably need... Jack is someone who should be able to play. Yeah, yeah, definitely. E- even though he doesn't look like it most of the time. Yeah, and they've got Aubameyang as well, haven't they? So they've got the sort of bare bones of a decent team there. I think Czech needs someone a bit more long-term to replace him. I'm not sure whether Ospina's that man. I don't know. I mean, you know, I don't see enough of David Ospina to, to know. But well, Chesney's still on loan, isn't he, at Juventus? No, they sold him. Oh, that's definitely gone through, is it? Yeah. Okay. Um, that the, the the tinge of regret I would have as an Arsenal fan is I look out there and I'm not sure there's no obvious screaming screaming manager to take over, and that's no. probably what I maybe upsets you the most <clears throat> about all that time you spent in the present. You've lost your opportunities for or whether it was lip service. There was Guardiola always spoke very highly of Arsenal. That could have been a possibility. Klopp could have been a possibility, and now they're your direct rivals. Yeah, well, clawed off of Arsenal fan TV. He doesn't want Brendan Rodgers, and he doesn't want Eddie Howe. He doesn't, he doesn't want... want Brendan Rodgers. No, doesn't want Brendan Rodgers. Doesn't want Eddie Howe. Doesn't want someone sort of young and inexperienced. He thinks this is Arsenal Football Club. We should be able to get someone from the top table of management. Allegri, I think he said. Did anyone want to point out to him what happened twenty years, twenty odd years ago when <laughs> they hired their last manager? <laughs> yeah, I think because they were what... Arsenal fo- Football Club then. Yeah. As someone who lived the Brendan Rodgers years, what what would what do you? I don't know. It's I'm really topsy turvy because I mean it was like having David Brent in charge of your football team, but he got as Luis. Well, he didn't get as Luis Suarez, but he got the best out of Luis Suarez and nearly won as a title. So it's a really weird thing, Brendan Rodgers at Liverpool. But he suggested Allegri, um, which isn't a crazy shout, is it? If you can, but if you're it, it's the crazy shout, not. Not trying to sell that to Allegri, though. Like... Uh, the only place you'd really go in the summer to a top team would either be PSG or Barcelona, really. Yeah, but just don't go. Like so you you're, you're at a top team. Yeah. <laughs> it's not like it's not like you're it's not like you're Eddie Howe and you're trying to and you're being fought over or like, something like this. Like you're at that top team. Yeah, I you, suppose. It's a, is Arsenal from Juve to Arsenal? Is that a sideways step? A downward step and up, like it's not an upward step, is it? It's not. It's more sideways because you're going to uh, you're going to a club that's not doing as well, but you're going to a bigger budget, I would imagine, aren't you? The Juve. Yeah, you think of the Premier League money. Mm, perhaps, perhaps. Mm. I um, mean, there's, there's, you know, you don't have the same influence over playing officials, possibly, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's it. Uh, well, look, they're playing. Um, 
West Ham this weekend. They're home to West Ham. So what, what sort of atmosphere do you reckon it's going to be there? I think it's going to be... Is it sort of some kind of Stephen Gerrard leaving tour that's going to Yeah, I think But the, problem, the difference is that the atmosphere before that has been close to toxic. So I think that this will do Arsenal the world of good. Mm. Because it just reunites every... Surely, whether you're... Whether you're pro or anti-Wenger, you're just happy that he's he's leaving now and you just want a nice goodbye for him. Yeah. Like, everyone, surely it's united the fan base where they have been anything but for years. Yeah, you can all get behind him and, and cheer him off happily into the sunset and look to the future, I suppose, can't you? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Well, look, we spent far too long talking about Arsenal. Um... Other things have happened this week in the Premier League. So I haven't seen any of these games at all. So let's try and wing this as best we can, shall we? Yeah, absolutely. Right. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, West Ham, who they are still playing, they drew uh, against Stoke earlier on this week. Now, on podcasts I like to nick stuff from, they say that Joe Hart made a clangor and Andy Carroll scored a fantastic goal and had an interview with Danny Dyer afterwards. I've had the same podcast. <laughs> difficult to disagree with that. It is difficult to disagree. Uh, is there an Andy Carroll-shaped hole in the England squad? this summer as i mentioned on said podcast yeah i am very much in on i forget who the who the uh pundit was who was who was fighting the almost fighting the course for andy carroll but i am very much on his side i think that andy carroll is one of those players that even top class defenders just don't know what to do with he's cut from a an old style cloth as it were he has like these physical attributes that you just can't there's not you can't compete with them and as a a bit of a chaos factor as a a difference maker in a changing things up i think that yeah i would if you could get him fit and playing games these i would be tempted i always would be it's you you if he's if you're labeling your squad as the most likely players to play and 23 is probably your third choice goalkeeper maybe andy carroll's 22nd you don't think he'd give away far too many fouls at international level because playing at international level is a little bit different than playing in the rough and tumble of the Premier League. He might do, but it's, are you, I, what I'm saying is that I'm not starting with Andy Carroll and I'm probably not bringing Andy Carroll on in any in anything other than maybe a game that we need to win that we're not winning in the last 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, my thought is that they, he'd imagine him up against someone like Sergio Ramos or any central defender. The, as soon as the central defender jumps and Carroll beats into the head of the central defender, falls to the ground and there's a foul. That that quite possibly, but the, you, all you need is a, a strong a strong referee, and the thing you get with the World Cup is referees from all over the world who ref, who do referee games differently you don't have this same sort of um one size fit all, fits all a, a application to refereeing because of just the nature of how officials are are brought to the tournament and all you need is either a strong referee and someone not to give that foul and you're probably going to get a goal because you've got a defender on the floor and they're, they're playing on he'd be good banter era stuff wouldn't he <laughs> <laughs> i i just think as a he's the He's the kind of player you take and you put him behind a bit of glass with a hammer saying, break in case of emergency. <laughs> That'd be a hell of a case to make, though, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> um, a Stoke doomed. Are they yes. dead now? Yeah, 
It's a shame because I quite like the Stoke experiment with what Hughes was doing. And Jordan Shakiri is too good a player to be in a relegated team. I mean, I know he won't be there next season if they do, but he's too good a player to be in a team that gets relegated, if you see what I mean. Um, do you not start to think, though, that if he was this, what I just worry about, like Shakiri just doesn't show it enough, does he? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I get the feeling he turns it on more at home than away. And the thing is, he looks like a fat Sam Smith as well, doesn't he? He doesn't look like a footballer, does he? No, he doesn't. No, he looks like a man that sort of he he probably had a, a sort of pre-Wenger diet at Arsenal, didn't he? <laughs> uh, they are five points behind Swansea, who have played a game less. Um, they are gone, really, aren't they? Which is yeah, which is a shame. Yeah. yeah. My favourite Stoke thing is still the Rory Dillap throw-ins. <laughs> <laughs> they were brilliant, weren't they? That's so, that first season. And when players used to send players to warm up in front of him. <laughs> Like substitutes <laughs> down in the corner flag. Or the yeah. stretching and or bringing in the hoardings so <laughs> that there's not enough space. Yeah. I still remember, I think it was the whole goalkeeper at the time. It might have even been Boaz Myhill. He's got the ball. He's got a striker bearing down on him. And normally you just sort of clear it into touch, but he realises he can't do that. And oh, sort of... they put it out for a corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, there should be more of that. Exactly. Uh, okay. So elsewhere the Premier League this week, it was Brighton 1, Spurs 1. Right. Brighton are 13th on 36 points. They are seven points clear of Southampton. Same number of games played Brighton are safe, aren't they? Yes. Yeah. This was this is what this is one of the small bits of football I did see, and um, Sergio giving away a penalty. Oh, I did and see that. Yes, it's a. This is a sort of like that that confirmation bias you have for players, where I just he did it, and I thought Sergio giving away a penalty again. Turns out he's only done it twice. I've just seen both of them. <laughs> so therefore, he does it every week. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Uh... Harry Kane um, has got 15 away goals this season because, uh, well, yes, they were away, weren't they? Harry Kane's got 15 away goals this season. Um, that's the most in a season since 99-2000, uh, and that would have been who? Uh, Van Nistelrooy. No, Kevin Phillips. Yeah. There you go. Um, Harry Kane scored again. I, th- I had a feeling that Spurs might have rushed him back a little bit too soon, but... He scored two goals in that time, hasn't he? He has scored two goals in that time, yeah. So hopefully, for the sake of England, he's um, he's he's doing okay. Uh, Pascal Gross has got he's been involved in forty three point two percent of all Brighton goals, which is second only to Mo Salah in that term. So that's assists and goals. Um, that's not bad, is it? Uh, is he? Oh, he's, been doing, he's been doing a great job in my fantasy football team all year. Has he? Yeah, he's been doing well. Has he? He. Um, He's got that funny sort of German gross on the back of his shirt, hasn't he? Yeah, and it, what is nice about it is like all uh, in contrary to Harry Kane, I, think, I believe all of those goals are scored at home. I don't think he's got a single away goal all season. Oh, brilliant! That's like Giorgio Wijnaldum. He's never scored an away goal in the Premier League for Newcastle <laughs> or Liverpool. <laughs> um, Toby Alderweireld played his first Premier League game since October, which would have pleased Jesse, which is why I wrote it down. Must have been out of the doghouse, for, or either that, or he's just not playing on Sunday on Saturday. <laughs> I thought it would be ideal to sort of save him. Oh, yeah, unless they're saving sort of Sanchez and Vertonghen. Um, Burnley got the weekend off. Uh, Spurs have got the FA Cup semi-final against Manchester United. Right. Is this a home game or does Spurs, does Burnley play any kind of factor in this for Spurs? Because technically they're the away team, aren't they? I think it's got to play a factor, hasn't it? Yeah. I can't see how it does it. I've been on the Wembley Stadium tour. It's like, it's not like... um... It's not like a, an old-style Premier League Premier League ground where the away dressing room is uh, 
is a shed with <laughs> with benches and <laughs> with benches that give you splinters and cold showers and no no so I, I imagine that it's, it's very much for the neutral you're just turning left and turning right instead of turning right and you I don't think the fact I, that you don't think the fact that the crowd will be 50 50 will make much difference or they know the pitch as they print every week or I, I think knowing the pitch will make a difference i think that makes a difference mm. um uh it was i i've always, i've always been a little bit so for years and years surprised about sort of why home advantage plays such a big difference and it wasn't till um something i think i've probably re- referenced on many podcasts because i think it's an excellent point <clears> but um Hearing Thierry Henry talk about it, and he talked about um, the move between. Have you just turned Alexa on? My Alexa's about to. Let's stop this one second. Modern technology. I turned Alexa on the other week because I said Alexi Sanchez. (laughs) Uh, I said Thierry Henry. I don't. No, I know. Um, Talking about the move from the Emirates to. move to the Emirates from Highbury and why sort of Arsenal struggled so much in that season. And he was saying that um, there were things sort of in the crowd, like a hoarding or a pillar, and he could see them in his peripheral vision. And it um, meant that he, he automatically had a much better idea of where he was on the pitch. And just subconsciously, he he knew Mm. his position and sort of could judge where players around him were from all these sort of little landmarks that he had grown accustomed to from all that time of playing there. Oh, okay. And while it's only going to have been sort of 17, 18 games probably for Spurs or however many in the cup, like, they played all, they, they were all replays, loads of them, probably like 20, 20 odd games. Mm. It's got to play a factor, hasn't it? I suppose it would do. Yeah. Um, I think I've been hearing sort of stuff about the fact that they'd walk out and all of a sudden half the stadium is in red rather than, three quarters of it being in white and whether that makes any difference but yeah I see your point about you know the pitch better yeah and you can it's a wider pitch than what you're used to playing on so you know how hard you can kick the ball as you cross it and all that sort of thing so yeah, yeah. that makes a that makes quite a difference um Manchester United had the 2-0 win at Bournemouth this week um Chris Morning again uh, and Romelu Lukaku Manchester United won six out of seven in the Premier League and in those six they've scored at least two goals um but it's not a happy ship at Manchester United. Six out of seven, but lost to West Brom. Like the the, the, the key in that <laughs> stat, the key in that stat's what you're not saying. I love listening to the Manchester United rankcast this week with uh, Ed and Paul. That was great. Um, yeah, so I'm just trying to think. I've, I, I still relent. I mean, being brought up on 25 years of Fergie and Manchester United, sort of relentlessly marching on. They are the evil empire, and you just sort of think, well, they're going to just win this game, aren't they? Same as they always do, but. They obviously need the win, or Jose maybe needs the win. Um, I get a feeling Spurs need the win because they need to win something. Otherwise, why would you stay if you were Harry Kane? We sort of talked about this the other week, didn't we? You know, you don't get paid as much if you go elsewhere where you can get paid more and probably guarantee trophies. So both of them really need this win. But how do you reckon it's going to go? It just feels like, it, it, I don't know, like you say, the, the, the Evil Empire is a very great, description because it's one of those ones where your heart wants Tottenham to win and your head tells you that Man United are going to win yeah. and just going to ruin everyone's day and what I would say is that in the, the the home game Tottenham did have against Manchester United they absolutely embarrassed them 
Uh, but I believe they won 3 0. That was the oh, one where. 10 seconds, wasn't it, Cole? Ericsson scored after, yeah, 10 seconds. And Man United, it was like they, they barely got a kick in that whole game. Um, so Tottenham are going to have good memories of playing Manchester United. Phil Jones won't have a good memory, will he, of that game? <laughs> what does Phil. What, I don't know what Phil Jones' good memories are. <laughs> Blackburn, probably. That's about <laughs> it. But, you know, that's getting on a bit now. Um, okay, so they've also. Chelsea will play Southampton in the semi final. They uh, beat Burnley 2 1 yesterday. Um, it's the first time Chelsea have had a two man attack in seven years. Do you want to hazard a guess as to who their last two man attack was? This was Morata and Giroud. Who was the last two man attack they had? Seven years in ago. Seven years. So it'd have been Drogba. Yeah. And Anelka? Oh, oh, Torres. Oh. Fernando Torres. Um, did you see Antonio Conte's comments about being easier to manage Burnley? Yes, I did, yeah. I was yeah. scratching my head at that for a very long time. <laughs> uh, <what>? <laughs> <laughs> He's not talking about budgets and everything. There is a point to, like, <clears throat> I do see his point that sort of, like, if you're managing Burnley and or, like, or a team like Burnley, say you're Eddie, or Eddie Howe at Bournemouth, Rafa Benitez at a, a new finish 10th, that's a great achievement. If you finish ninth, that's an even better achievement. If you finish eighth, and so on and so on. If you want to manage Chelsea, or you want to manage Manchester United, or you want to manage Manchester City or Liverpool, and you don't win something, you failed. And at, if you're lucky enough to have had a season, the season before where everything goes all right, you've only got four opportunities to win something. Yeah. So I can see a glimmer of a point there. But he's really padded it out. <laughs> I mean, he's been relegated before back in Italy, hasn't he? So he's got some experience, I suppose, of what he was what he was talking about. But he may have some kind of point, but he just comes across as a bit of an arse making it, I suppose. But it's because he's been making like some sort of backhanded point all season. Yeah. So you're not helping yourself when you keep going on at them like that. And well, just, yeah, I don't know what... <laughs> Um, Burnley, they've they're next away to Stoke, uh, which we talked about. Um, they play Arsenal on the sixth of May for the sixth place derby. That is at the, the Emirates. Yeah, but well, that's a good good thing because they don't win games away. Uh, Arsenal's zero <laughs> points away from home in 2018. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Chelsea got the semi-final against Southampton, who they beat 3-2 last week, having been 2-0 down. So if you're a Southampton player, are you thinking one of two things? Are you thinking, we'll nail them this time, or are you thinking, oh, God, not them again? I would be thinking, I would like to think that if you're Mark Hughes, that you can play on the, look, we went 2-0 up. Hmm. Look, and these are the, you can break, you break it down in, video, in, in your video sessions, and you say, these are the simple things we did wrong. Let's not do those again. Let's do the things that went well. Yeah. We can we can win. We you can have a you could be in an FA Cup final. I would be looking at it as a glass half full as opposed to a glass half empty. Yeah. You don't think that if you're a Southampton fan you'd be a player, you'd be thinking, God, we've been pulled every week for the last thirty odd weeks and I don't know, maybe you're sort of I wonder if you get to a point when you're a player that you kind of realise you're down and you just think, please just let us be relegated and we can sort of the gloom is lifted and we can concentrate on next season. I, I don't think Southampton are down. 
where are they? They are... Hang on a minute. 17. 18. 18. Four points off of Swansea? But, but I think they've got some difficult games, but I think they've got some winnable games as well. And I think some of those teams... Uh, I forget which team it is above them. Who basically, One of the teams above them basically plays the top six. That's Brighton, I think. But 8th of May, Southampton are away to Swansea. There we go. That could be. That could be a. I also believe they've got a game against Bournemouth coming up. That's this weekend, I think. Oh no, that's that. It's very soon, isn't it? That's a. Is that, does that count? You're from now. Does that count as a derby? Um, they like to. If they, considering that um, Sky Sports like to claim that Plymouth Portsmouth is a derby. <laughs> yeah. I think that Southampton Bournemouth can definitely be described as a, a derby. Yeah. Be a very friendly derby, but a derby nonetheless. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Well, I went on a holiday to Bournemouth last year, and it was a very nice place. So. Yeah, it's nice. It's nice. If I was a footballer, I'd be quite happy to play for Bournemouth and, and live around there. Yeah. Um. Right, okay. So, what else have we got elsewhere around the league? So, at the moment, Millwall are losing 2-0 to Fulham. Um, so, sorry about that, James. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Fulham, if they win, go two points clear of Cardiff, who play tomorrow. Somebody, I can't remember who. Uh, elsewhere, we've got the Copa del Rey final, Seville versus Barcelona. That is two legs, isn't it? No, final is just one leg. Oh, is it? Okay. Um, how do you reckon that's going to go then? I think Barcelona will win it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a bold decision I'm making there. <laughs> Where is it? Where's it being played? I uh, it's probably being played in the Camp Nou. Let me have a look. On, sorry, I brought it up on Safari. Um, Copa del Rey tomorrow. Uh, I don't know. While I'm looking at this, if they win the Copa del Rey and go for the season unbeaten, is that that's still a failure because of the Champions League, isn't it? Apparently, yeah. Seems mental to me. It does seem a bit odd, doesn't it? They don't seem to care about this unbeaten season. <laughs> no, I mean, well, Roma sent a tweet out last week congratulating on going to 39 games unbeaten. So, <laughs> uh, the Vonda Metropolitano, where's that? <laughs> That's Athletic Stadium. Oh, the new one? Yeah. With the road running underneath it. Okay. So that's a one-off game. Yeah, okay. You see, you think... It's just always good in Spain because they don't have a national stadium. No. So Neither they don't make we. the decision until the semi-finals have been played and then they argue about where they should play it every time <laughs> because it's not nearly always Barcelona or Real Madrid and neither one of them wants to... They're not. They're, sometimes they'll even allow them to play it at home because it's the bigger stadium, because the other one won't let them come and win a competition, a cup in their stadium. <laughs> so pet- Brilliant. I quite liked it when England went on tour when Wembley was being built. I thought that was great. Yeah, it was all right. I don't really think we should have a national stadium, and if we do, it should be in the Midlands, but, you know. I'm, I'm sat in London. I'm You're not sat, gonna... yeah. <laughs> if it's not from London, it doesn't work. <laughs> uh, okay so what else we've we got Germany um, it's all over with the top with Bayern Munich 20 points ahead of Schalke here on 55 points uh, Leverkusen on third and 51 Dortmund on 51 uh, Leverkusen and Dortmund meet this weekend behind them ready to take advantage are Leipzig on 47 points off on 146 and they play each other um, the more and more people go on about Leipzig the more and more I quite want them to do well yeah <laughs> so <laughs> The rank hypocrisy of it, you know, for a start, when you've got yeah. Wolfsburg and Dortmund and, fans being pious. And Leverkusen, mm. owned by the world's biggest car and drug companies. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, the fizzy drinks people are the enemy. Uh, Italy, your favourite place. 
Uh, Juventus drew 1-1 with Crotone um, this week. It's a great stadium, Crotone Stadium. It's overlooked by a hospital. And last year when Juventus played there, apparently the inpatients at, or, or, or A&E at this hospital saw something like a 100% increase for this one particular <laughs> night. <laughs> uh, so Juventus are four points ahead. They're on 85 points. Napoli on 81. Uh, this is at the Turin, or the Juventus Stadium in Turin. So... I do like Juventus. They're always my favourite team in the nineties, but it would be nice to see Napoli taken close this year. I can't see it though. It's because Juventus are the evil empire, aren't they? They're the, <laughs> they're the, they're to lose Manchester United, aren't they? They are a bit, aren't they? They are. So the, the romantic in you wants to see Napoli do Napoli do it. Yeah, I would like to see them to the do well. There was a great documentary on Copper ninety a couple of months ago about Maradona's legacy in Naples. That's worth checking out, but. Cocaine? Cocaine and parties. The rest of his time he just wasted, as George Best would say. Uh, and <laughs> not paying taxes. Not paying taxes, no. Those mafia lads. Um, but yeah, I quite like to see... I mean, I'd like to see... I'd like to see Napoli win it anyway, I suppose. We'd like to have someone different, wouldn't it? It'd be a nice change. Yeah. It's, it's nice, to, nice to have a competitive title race, at least. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Uruguay. How's your Uruguayan football knowledge? Couldn't even tell you a team. Well... I will tell you, it is Penarol versus Nacional this weekend. That's... I would have guessed Nacional because there's always a Nacional, <laughs> no matter which South American country you're in. And they play at the Estadio Blah Blah Blah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Penarol versus Nacional. This is uh, the Uruguayan Clásico. Um, I knew you'd be no use, so I did tweet Jessie. Uh, and she says, you have to imagine this in... Should I read it in a... Go on, go for the voice. Okay. I'm a Penarol fan. Nacional has been in great form. We're playing at the Centenario, which is a sort of home for Penarol. And Uruguay, oh, maybe demolished if Uruguay get the World Cup, which I would hate. Watch out for Chibola Rodriguez. He's been on fire at 33 years old. I, he's, I love him. He's called Chibola, the onion, because he makes defenders cry. So there you go. There's your prediction. Thanks, Jesse, for that. <laughs> She's an IMDB, you know, so, you know. Um, so that's that going on for... Leagues this week. I can't really find much more going on for leagues this weekend. Uh, I missed a small matter of Partizan versus Red Star last week when going through my little leagues list of games that were going to go ahead. Um, bits of news. That's your, that's oh, your whole area as oh, well. I, I know. That's my. <laughs> yeah. That was a massive schoolboy era. That was. I, I, I don't look at that because I assume you've got it covered. <laughs> yeah, I know. I should. I have all the games. I look there every week as well. I was in a rush last week and bloody missed it. Uh, okay. Um, it's, I play the one football app that used to be brilliant. But now it's just gone completely to pot. And I've been on the SPN football and it doesn't show that particular league. Um, elsewhere in the news, PSG are in contract talks with Mina Areola over a Paul Pogba transfer. Apparently Paul Pogba has only got three allies in the Manchester United dressing room. Um, Anti Martial, Marouane Fellaini and Jose Pereira. Oh. Yeah, everybody That's else has joined Jose. That's interesting because I read a story the, earlier this week saying that... Uh, uh, Two of those people, Anguard and De Gea, have been involved in chats trying to uh, trying to um, make the peace. So De Gea's got to have be somewhere in there. So maybe he's got four. Maybe that this newspaper, this journalist, not as not as well informed as he thinks he is. No, um, apparently last season Pogba would pray in the dressing room and sort of say thanks be to God or something. At which point Zlatan would open his eyes and say, or open his arms and say, no problem, thanks is given or something. And Pogba took offence to it. <laughs> Uh, Real Madrid's Marcelo has been reported. This is sort of 
this is either bureaucracy or bad grass has gone mad. Uh, Marcelo has been reported for running an indoor football school without the relevant coaching credentials. Um, he runs it in Getafe, which I think is a little suburb of Madrid, isn't it? In some yeah. sort of kids' sports centre or something. Uh, but someone has reported him to the Ministry of Sport for Professional Intrusiveness. If you can imagine such a thing. And he's been are told you, to... What? Are you, are you kidding me? No, and he's been told to close it down. Professional footballer does nice things for community. Yeah. Considered to not know enough about football to do it. Yeah. Uh, he runs this school there with his mate, who's also a professional. I can't remember his name, but he does like futsal, keepy up his sort of freestyle and all that sort of thing. Okay, hold on. As soon as there's a mate involved, <laughs> I've changed my tune. I oh, know his mate is a mate. He's a professional footballer as well. I just can't remember his name. It's... And, and Marcel's. Marcelo's definitely there. Like he's there every. He's not just like got his name on it. It's not like some sort of like Kevin Keegan soccer circus sort of situation. Uh, I think he's there a fair bit. It says, but yeah, the Ministry of Sport for Professional Intrusiveness. Uh, it's probably some Barcelona fan who's can't can't who's <clears> worked <throat> paid his taxes and can't get him any other way. Yeah, I mean, you've got to be some sort of misery destroyer, haven't you? To or fun destroyer to report someone for that. That country's full of them, absolutely full of them. Depends <laughs> on which, that, and they're, they're all misery destroyers. But depending on which uh, which team you you um, support. Okay, fair enough. Um, Accrington Stanley, the champions, with the second lowest budget in League Two. That's pretty good, isn't it? The lowest budget, isn't it? Second lowest. Max Rushton said. Wow, Max Rushton. I'm going to take to a pub quiz, a football pub quiz I went to two weeks ago, and having him argue it out with the quiz master. He said it was at lowest. Oh, really? Okay, well, yeah, you take Max, Max Rushton down there. Well, he's got, he'll have Jonathan Wilson on his pub quiz team and Philippe Eau so I've got a feeling I might know who, who might win that one. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, James BT did okay with them a couple of years ago. Oh, no, he didn't do okay with them. They nearly got promoted last season. They kind of missed out on the playoffs or automatic promotion, didn't they, by on the last game of the season. So nice to see them go up into the third tier for the first time. Bradley Wood, have you heard of Bradley Wood? No. He is a Lincoln City player who today has been banned for six years. Sorry, I thought Bradley Wood was a club. <laughs> is that like Forrest Green? That's like his yeah, porn name or something. Exactly. <laughs> no, Sorry, he's a player. He's a okay. player. Bradley Wood what? is a 26-year-old footballer who's been banned for six years for quote-unquote influencing a football betting, betting market. Uh, it's alleged that he deliberately got booked in FA Cup matches versus Burnley and Ipswich. Um, six years. Does anyone? Some. Why is Matt Letizier still on my TV screens then? <laughs> exactly. Why is Jerry Barton going to become a football manager? Span. How is this? How can they give this guy six years and Jerry Barton, who bet on games he was playing in, gets less and Matt Letizier, who openly admits to match fixing in his in his um, biography, autobiography, is on my TV screen every week. How? Well, because two of those Premier League footballers with a bit of clout behind them, one of them is a League Two nobody that nobody will care of after today. Disgrace. It is a disgrace. I, I agree with you. You're right. You're right. Um, not, not that this guy's got six years. I can, I, Without knowing the details of the case, I'm, yeah, sure. If you're going to be involved in sort of fixing games, and yeah, have six-year bans. But you want parity, but, don't you? Yeah, I want, I want all of them to have it. Yeah, exactly. Um, speaking of which, the next Fleetwood Town manager is Joe Barton. Yeah. <laughs> That'll end well. <laughs> How do you think it's going to end? Do you think that's going to sort of end with him walking away with a big explosion going off behind him? In slow motion. 
I hope so. Or trapped under a car as it explodes. <laughs> uh, Unlikable human being. Actually, you know what? I've got two th- things about this. It's either going to go really well because he can sort of say, learn from my example. You know, when you sort of get these wrong ones who are given a bit of responsibility and then, you know, it shines. Yeah. It, it, it sort of works through them that way and give them a chance and they can do like it. The, like the. Like, like the. The, the fuggy kid who goes to a boxing school where an, a, yes. an old an old wise old gang leader who's, yeah <laughs> yeah like that except Joey Barton's been that fuggy kid about 12 times <laughs> yeah there's kids stood around with sort of like broken cheekbones and cigars <laughs> sticking out of eyes and stuff <laughs> yeah exactly uh, okay do you see the Besiktas Fenerbahce game this week that's been abandoned um, Besiktas coach Senol Gunes had uh, an object struck in his head when he um uh, when he sort of um, when he was the manager there, uh, team of the year. Are you bored yeah. about this? I very much follow the Jonathan Wilson approach to this on Football Weekly. Go on, which was that then? That's sort of just what's the point? His point was what's the point because uh, it, it's his a point team was game, that, isn't it? that make them a spe- actually a team. Don't just pick. What's the point of having Aguero playing wide left and no holding midfield, no vaguely organising or holding or defensive midfield player? Yeah. Sort of like, if you pick a team, pick a team. I get this isn't fantasy. It's, it's, it shouldn't just be fantasy football mark two. Yes. Yes. My annoyance with teams of the year is the fact that people on Twitter get upset with people they'll never meet picking different players than them and having opinions of their own and getting wound up by it. <laughs> But vaguely, I didn't think there was that much wrong with the team of the year, apart from uh, you probably need a holding midfield player. You probably would want Fernandinho. Yeah. Um, you probably don't want as much, as great as good as he's been. Do, does Aguero really deserve to be playing left wing? Do you probably want? <laughs> That's to shoehorn him into the team, isn't it? Exactly. Like, do you not want Sterling, Sané? Yeah. For me, um, for me, no. Well, this is like when they gave, um, uh, what's his name? Godfather director. Corsese. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's when they finally gave him his Oscar as like a sort of token gesture. You know, he made a crap film, but he's, we'll give him an Oscar. Yeah. Like, so, like DiCaprio's as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So maybe that's Aguero, you know, he's going to retire soon. Let's get him in there quick before his legs go. True. And, and, and Otamendi. But apart from that, I don't really have too many. No. No, I don't either. Um, do you want to hear about some players that have made Team of the Year in the past? Go on. So, David Barnsley was made it for QPR in 92-93. Played for England, David Barnsley did. You have to tell me if you remember any of these as well. No. Uh, Stigging Gabilby for Liverpool. 96-97. Maybe. Okay. Silvino for Arsenal. Yeah. Steve Finnan for Fulham. Yeah. Uh... Steve Finn is playing a Champions League. Everyone knows Steve Finn. He's playing a Champions League final. Yes, that's right. With Jimmy Trorey. <laughs> Tim Howard from 2003-04. Uh, with a, the picture of Tim Howard in 4-4-2 is him on his hands in, with his hands on his knees as he sits down as Danny Murphy runs off celebrating. So. <laughs> <laughs> that's the team of the year photo for that's him. The, yeah. Fantastic. Uh, Sean Wright Phillips in 2004-05. Andy Johnson in 4-5 as well. Uh, I think we're getting down to the last couple of people here. Um, Pascal Chimbonda for Wigan in 2005-06 that was the season when he walked off the pitch for 
at Highbury, he handed in a transfer request to Paul Jewell before he even got to the dressing room. Is that the one he had in his sock? Yes. <laughs> uh, David James at Portsmouth in 7 8. Uh, and Fabrizio Colaccini. He was the original Marin Fellini, wasn't he? <laughs> Uh, and the A-League team of the year has been announced. I'm sure you're all over this, aren't you? Australia. Australia, not Austria. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the dumb and dumber joke, isn't it? <laughs> uh, goalkeeper Thomas, tell me what you think of these. Then. Goalkeeper Thomas Lawrence, left-back Michael Zillow, Luke Wilshere, right-back, he's a good player. Alex Wilkinson, central defence, uh, as is Bart uh, Schenkveld. Reese Williams is robbed. What do you reckon there? They're all, yeah, top class. <laughs> well, what about this Although... game? This guy, central midfield, Josh Brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also midfield, Steven Igarkovic, uh, Milos Ninkovic, my favourite A player apart from Bessart Brisha. Uh, Adrian Mazajowski, Leroy George, who I, you know, uh, and Bobbo up front as well. Uh, no, Bruno Fornarelli. Robbed. He's been injured for half the season, I suppose, to be fair. Uh, Ori Oriera, should he have got in? Yes. You're uh, you're possibly right. <laughs> Roy O'Donovan as well. Oh, and Roy Krishna. Honourable mentions for them. You should watch it. It's great. So it's on too early in the morning for me. Uh, yeah, you don't have children, do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it probably is then. Uh, okay, well, look, there's a few games going on in the Premier League this weekend. We've got the Steve Watson derby. Your boys uh, are playing Newcastle on Monday night. It's the Sam Allardyce revenge game. Do you reckon he'll be extra fired up for that? I've told you the story about his villa, haven't I? What's his villa? He's got a villa, a, a, a villa in Spain on like the um, in like the Costa del Sol that's called St James's Park that he paid for with his settlement from when Newcastle fired him. <laughs> no, I didn't. Know I that. think he'll be fired up. <laughs> Did you hear about uh, Louis Van Gaal uh, and his villa out in the Algarve? Yes, that's the. Uh, it's the one that overlooks. It's next door to someone's. Ronald someone Koeman's else. House. Ronald Koeman, That's it. Because they can't stand each other. Ronald Koeman got his first, so Louis Van Gaal built his behind bigger. <laughs> uh, okay, so let's talk about this survey then. Yeah. So Everton's sort of marketing team have asked fans. So how do you do this? Is this on Survey Monkey? Are you going to be a season ticket holder or? No idea. Okay. Not... Not, not, it's not darkened my door. Okay, friends, but they've asked fans to fill in a survey. And one of the questions, apparently they did this last year, uh, but one of the questions this year, again, is um, what do you think of the coaching and, and management? Um, which is... I believe it's what, how, how much, is it how much faith do you have that they'll make the right decisions or something? Yeah, or that like, sort of thing, yeah. Out of, out, what, out of one, one to ten. Firstly, what do you think of the concept? And what do you think of uh, very thin-sinned Big Sam and his reaction to it? I think the concept's perfectly fine. Yeah. I think if you're the, if you're the, if you're fa- surely fans want to be as engaged in the process of your club as possible. So having your club want to know your opinions on as many things as possible is n- never going to be a bad thing. I'm sure there's questions in there about the price and temperature and quality of beer available at St James's uh, um, at Goodison Park and the what hot dogs are available as well as questions about playing staff and managers and all sorts i don't have a problem with that sam allardyce needs to buck his ideas up it's not even like they it's, if if the answer say the answers were bad and uh 
we and it it came out and the average was three out of ten, something like that. Yeah. And Everton were making this information public. Maybe he'd have some sort of ledge to stand on in his grievance, but it's not even public available information. All, the only information is the question exists. Well, he's had an embar- uh, he's had an apology apparently. From the club? From the club. Everton apologised to Sam Allardyce over fan survey to rate his performance. Well, I want the club to apologise to me. <laughs> for having for to watch apologising to him, yeah. <laughs> so how far do you take this? Um, do you take this to recruitment of playing staff? Or do you, you know, these questions? Or do you, um, do you sort of leave it at a particular point? I think you have to leave it at a particular point because um, you have to accept that... The even your hardcore everyday match going fan doesn't isn't always as informed or or knowledgeable about sort of the circumstances of the club. They can be very one eyed, and they are not always the most realistic. So you have a question in there about play about player recruitment, and you probably have some someone who thinks they're being completely genuine complaining that we weren't in there bidding for Neymar when he went to to Paris Saint-Germain <laughs> like that's the kind of thing there'll be some nut job like that so I think you have to you have to be careful with it you have to take some of it with a pinch of salt but I don't see what harm there is in canvassing the opinion no I remember about 25 years ago in the Leicester Mercury um when Leicester got promoted to the Premier League for the first time they asked people they should sign and most of the answers were Eric Cantona so would you like to hear the four questions yeah go on okay i have a high level of trust in the current everton players e.g being loyal and performing at their best for the club not gonna be a high answer okay uh i have a senior Uh, four five five. i'll give him five for that give him five okay i think the average there was three Um, i have have a high level of trust in the current senior leadership team at everton e.g making the right decisions for the club's future not high at all. Mm, no, three, but I'm imagining that if I if I thought that that wasn't, it's going to be really low. I think that got a five. Oh. Uh, I have a high level of trust in other Everton fans, e.g. being loyal and committed to the club. There's going to be a lot of back, um, back, back slapping here. So I can <laughs> the score's quite high, but I would say that from my very limited experience and I have to point out very limited experience of being amongst Everton fans this especially this season that I was frankly embarrassed by a lot about what I saw when I went when I sat in the away end of the Emirates so it would not be very high okay they got nine yeah of course they did <laughs> yeah uh it's like trying to do a sort of KPR review on yourself isn't it yeah <laughs> Uh, I have a high level of trust in the current manager and coaching staff of Everton, e.g. in making the right decisions to get the best out of the team. This would be very low. I would literally go for one. You're right. <laughs> so, yeah, they're the four questions. I'll send that over to you in a bit. But, yeah, they're the four questions. But you're right. I mean, it would be good if this happened a lot more. But, you know, running a Twitter poll maybe on which left-back you should sign in the future is probably going a little bit far, isn't it? Yeah, like, but... <laughs> You, you you can listen. You don't have to do anything with it. You don't yeah. have to take it on board. It's like it's like when I want to book a hotel, I go on TripAdvisor and read the reviews. I don't don't the the one person who got food poisoning and thinks it's the worst place ever I just might still book a hotel there. Yes, 
Uh, speak of TripAdvisor, I tripped through the Man of the Post archives to find the TripAdvisor one-star review game is definitely worth its while, isn't it? Um, so how are you going to get on? Are you going to win this one? or? Um, it's a difficult... I don't know. I don't. You're looking at two teams and you have no idea how either of them are going to react. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't be confident in us winning this game. Um, but I perhaps now Newcastle players are going to feel very safe. Um, do either set of players have something to play? Do are either set, are there players there who are playing for their futures? Probably in both teams. They're a point behind um, you with the game in hand. No, yeah, I'm not saying they're not, not going to finish above us potentially. <laughs> Didn't realise that. But these are teams that aren't in danger. Is there a case that some of them are going to be on the beach potentially? Is there a case that some of them are thinking, I don't know who the manager's going to be next season. I need to try and impress as best I can. Yeah. Big Sam line like Ray Winston and Sexy Beast on a lilo somewhere. Don't. <laughs> There's an image. Uh, right, okay. Watford versus Palace. Palace are safe then. Um, we reckon they are five points ahead of Southampton uh, in 16th place, having played the same number of games. Um, Watford have been on the beach pretty much since November, haven't they? I think you say Palace are safe. And I'm not saying... Uh, I'm not completely disagreeing with you but like i said well, i think there's those two very winnable games for southampton now all it takes is like so you're saying that if you're palace you probably need to pick up a points. yeah that takes them to 36 points yeah and you're probably okay but can you go four games and not pick up a point yeah quite easily well they did didn't they <laughs> yeah all of these teams down here are going to have done it at some point this season already yeah they are. Well, um, Watford are winless in six at home to Palace. This is the only three, three o'clock kickoff on Saturday, actually, this game. Uh, Watford are winless in six at home to Palace. Palace have had this habit the last few weeks of letting in last-minute goals. Watford have lost four Premier League games this season with goals conceded after 90 minutes, which is the most. So there could be sort of reason to stay late in this game, couldn't there? So just wait till the end and turn it on then. Yeah, that's what you need to do in match of the day. This, this is the game to put the kettle on for match of the day and just come back in for sort of the last minute. Um, Manchester City versus Swansea. Can Swansea get anything from this? No. Okay, that's all right. That's I, think that, um, I think that Guardiola is going to be very... Um, I think there's going to be some, some disappointment in, in amongst him and the squad in sort of what this season could have been in terms of the achievements in all the other competitions and perhaps w- w- partly winning the uh, the title at Manchester United. I, so I think that the last thing that um, he won't let slip as a very intense man is the opportunity for them to break all these set all these records and break all these records. I think that that is going to drive this Man City team on for the till the very last game of the season. So you don't think he's going to start sort of blooding a few youth players then? I think he might. He might, I'm, but. He's done that already this season. He's given Phil Foden minutes, Phil yeah. Foden start, starts. Um, maybe he gets another one or two starts. But I think, um, well, I think he'll blood one or two youngsters while playing nine or ten superstars. And yeah. they yeah. will get an experience in that team as opposed to a sort of second string Carling Cup t- Line up. I am very worried though if we get 
with this, and he still he does go for it with the same players, and we get a Sergio Aguero hamstring on the last game of the season just for the World Cup. Because it's nice to see those players playing in the World Cup, isn't it? But I mean, if any t- country's gonna have, if any country's gonna le- lose a forward, I think it's I think Argentina will be able to deal with it. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. They can <laughs> they can do okay. Oh no! Now Acardi's got to go. <laughs> Oh, Dabala might, might get a call up. Well, I mean, it's some it's some forward line. We can afford to leave both those players at home, isn't it? Because <laughs> they've not been getting in the team. Apparently, um, Icardi doesn't get on with Messi because Messi is very good friends with uh, Maxi Lopez, who's... Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Politics. Absolute yeah. politics. Spousal politics as well. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, look, that brings us to the end of Premier League Roundup. End of the podcast, unless you've got anything you want to add. Any AOB? No, I'm all good. Super duper. Right, if they want to follow you on Twitter, how do they do that? AdamSA101. AdamSA101. Right, at Man of the Post is the Twitter account. It's also the Instagram account. And I remember we have the Instagram account and start posting from there again. Um, what Instagram account? Who knew? <laughs> uh, Colin and uh, Matt and James, uh, they will be back. Um, they'll be back on Sunday. Quite a good debate this week. Did you listen to the debate? They're debating half and half scarves. I, I'm who who doesn't like half and half scarves? Colin didn't like half and half scarves. Matt did. He said he gets them as uh, souvenirs, which I can sort of see the point of. He said being a Fulham fan, he got them from his Europa League games because he knew we wouldn't uh, play those teams again. Uh, uh, perhaps is that, uh, but I think it's the behaviour an absolute wrong and <laughs> it's hashtag names. Yeah, fair enough. Okay, I still yeah. don't understand that, but I I think I get. <laughs> I understand it enough to know that I think you're using it right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, so uh, they'll be back at the on Sunday to uh, review the games that we've been previewing. Um, if you like us, you can rate reviews on iTunes and you can subscribe to us on iTunes. It lands automatically in your inbox. You've got an iPhone, haven't you? I have, yeah. Good. I'm speaking to somebody with some sense then. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Ryan has got that Android thing. Um, which I joined and regretted instantly. Had to live it with it for two years. And then... Uh, you can get that through, you can download us through Acast or Podcast Republic and from there. So, uh, Adam, thank you ever so much for joining us. No problem. And always remember to keep your man on the post. <laughs> <laughs>